Thank you for listening to Be More Super, the podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by PropStore.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with Be More Super and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at Be More Super, the podcast and on Twitter at Be More Super. Keep safe and stay super. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got another great guest from the amazing Netflix show, Warrior Nun, is Jack Malarkey. Jack, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, Brian. You know what? It is an absolute pleasure, and you're the second Irishman I've had on the show ever. Really? Yeah, the first one was Timothy Murphy. Murphy. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, and yeah. he was absolutely lovely. It was great. So it's nice to have another Irishman on the show, which is great. Um, so I want to say, first of all, congratulations on season two of Warrior Nun. Um, I've got a slide here that I want to just put up to let all the fans see and all the critics and everything like that. Literally the highest rated show ever on Netflix history, in in their his, history, 100% uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I just think is fantastic. I mean, when you saw this uh, get get announced, what were your thoughts uh, about the show being received so well? I, I th- like I, I honestly like from working with the crew, like the stunt team and the, everybody in the VFX department and everyone else, like, and then the, obviously the cast. I wasn't that surprised because the work and dedication that went in was top drawer. You know, I mean, I didn't think we'd break records, but I knew that we'd pack a punch in that regard. You know, I was happy to see it. Oh, it's just awesome to see as well, because, you know, with the amount of content out there, like literally we are drowning in content from all the different streaming platforms and TV and the cinema. So it's really nice for something actually to get, you know, and it's celebrated like this when you can clearly see, as you said, the amount of work that's gone into it and off screen and on screen. It's just absolutely, absolutely incredible. So before we dive into worrying on and a bit about you and your your start in your career, uh, the last two years have been quite um, challenging, to say the least. Uh, lots of ups and downs. How have you kept positive and moving forwards during the last two years with everything going on? Well, um, well, during the pandemic, I was in between. I was like living in London and living in America. So I came home and I kind of lived with my family for a while. So that was quite a nice experience to rekindle my relationship with my family and, you know, my dog and everything like that and stuff like that. So that was lovely. And then just going for walks with friends and then like going back to basics, like a lot of friends in the acting business, they kind of packed it in, you know, but then there was a few of us, we stuck together and we said, look, let's, let's give this a good go. You know? So we, we had a lot of zoom classes together. We did like Shakespeare together and we would watch movies together and stuff like that. But it was, I suppose it was just taking it day to day really, wasn't it? Mm. You know, 
Mm. And and I had to talk talk to my wife, um, which was great. Um, you know, I watched. Um, I don't know if you know comedian Ramesh. Um, is is an amazing comedian. He's got a special on Netflix at the moment, and he does a piece oh, on. Excuse me. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he he was just he did an amazing piece about the pandemic and how how like he had to spend time with his wife, and me and my wife just looked at each other, like thinking, "Do we agree?" Or, but you know what? It was lovely because I've got two small girls. So for me, it was nice to have that time. But I was working all the way through the pandemic and so was my wife. Um, so we were kept busy. Um, but what was the biggest lesson that you took out of all that madness, uh, you know, after the two years? Perspective. Perspective because I didn't lose my business. I didn't lose my house. You know, I, I had a tight friend group and my family around me and I was doing what I loved. So that was a big lesson I took, like, and just kindness goes mm. so far. It's mm. like, it's really not a, a major chore. So I would say definitely perspective uh, on life and realizing how lucky I am. Yeah. And you say kindness. I mean, it doesn't, take much effort to be kind I, I, I think it takes more effort to be horrible and thoughtless but but the pandemic definitely split us into two uh, we saw the positive and we saw the negative and as long as we come out of it in a positive way and we appreciate yeah everything around around us definitely it's like a giant reset button on humanity it really is so let's talk about your acting so this is one of the most competitive industries uh, one of those industries that have got so many ups and downs. So why choose this industry and not a nine-to-five job? I was a rugby player, so maybe I got too many bangs to the head <laughs> and I thought it was a viable option. But it's funny you say nine-to-five. I I had no interest. I was When I was leaving school, I wanted to do like history or maybe physiotherapy or something like that. But I had no interest in the nine to five and I had no interest in growing up in that regard. So one of my best friends actually suggested, why don't you try acting or something like that? And I was too kind of embarrassed to admit it to myself, like, oh, maybe not, maybe not. So then I tried like a Friday night class and I was like, people do this and they get paid. Like, this is like a viable career. So I always had a great love for cinema and things like that. So I went to an acting college and discovered theater. And I suppose here I am, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, we often we often see actors on screen like yourself doing what you do best. And we often forget the amount of commitment that it takes to be where you are. And what I mean about commitment is the training. So you went to the Gaty School of acting and i want to give them a shout out because you know without these schools we wouldn't get these wonderful actors like yourself on screen uh doing what you do best um so uh the quest question is how prepared did you feel leaving the gate school of acting um and what did you take away from all the training and what was it like going there you know you could say whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get cancelled or anything by the college. No. <laughs> I, I was a young man. I think I was 18 on the cusp of 19. So I was still kind of discovering myself. So I kind of, you know, I was a bit all over the place, but I definitely found the training necessary. And it was very, it was a disciplined training. 
you know, like if you were two minutes late for, for the warm up in the morning, like you're gone, that's it. And you kind of had to abide by that and all this kind of stuff. But in terms of preparation, I had a wonderful voice teacher in my second year of college who introduced me to Shakespeare. I hated Shakespeare. I thought it was so boring, so irrelevant. And then he explained it to me, like reading the phone book and I fell in love with it and it became like a central element of my training. But we were taught in college to expect nothing, which sounds kind of depressing, but like you don't set yourself up for failure. You go out, you make your own work, you like make it happen for yourself. So I definitely felt a little bit prepared for the outside world, but truly nothing can prepare you for the abyss that is <laughs> the acting industry, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah. Shakespeare is one of those things that um, I can remember doing a, a piece of rep repertory theatre because I did acting and I went into performing arts because of a stutter so I found that when I was reading a script or singing a song my stutter didn't come out which which was great and I did uh, Rosencrantz and Gordon Stern are dead Gildenstern yeah and and it was all questions it was like question with a question mm -hmm. and that was the hardest thing i have ever had to do is remember yeah. the whole script and i remember i put pieces around the stage to remind me of like and it was just the hardest thing but it's the most beautiful thing as well uh, to perform um and i think that we don't see enough of it on stage i mean i was watching an interview uh, with Lou, louis Theroux uh, with dame judy dench Yes. And she is just amazing when she does Shakespeare. Um, mm. She did, uh, was it the male Macbeth? Um, mm. And, you know, I, I saw a clip of that and it's just fantastic. I mean, what's your favourite Shakespeare play and part? I'm very, a very boring man. I Like I have to say Hamlet, like it is the greatest for a reason. I was in a production of it, but I have to say I'm a, I do love the histories. I love Henry V. Um, but if you had to put a gun to my head, I think I'd say Hamlet or the Scottish play mm. for sure. Definitely. And I love the fact that when my kids are naughty, I turn into a Shakespearean actor. <laughs> I, 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 I will go hence and avoid thy sight if thy banished trunk be found in thy dominions. The moment is thy death. And they like, look at me and go, what daddy and then they just run off and it works it's great uh, so any parents out there try it turn <laughs> Shakespeare Shakespearean it will confuse the hell out of them so when starting out in this industry did you or do you have a plan in place of where you want to get to um, that's either working with with certain people winning certain awards um, achieving certain goals I think my plan at the time, and I think my plan still is just to work with the best people in their line of work, to work with the best actors, the best directors, the best lighting designers, the best, you know, script supervisors, like to be at that professional level, you know, where we're like making history here, you know, like in terms of like awards and validation, of course, that's, you know, I wouldn't turn my nose up to that, but like you have to pursue it for more than just that. You know, to say like to for people in a hundred years' time to look back and say he was there and he he had something to say. You know, mm. I think that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And we all all have our heroes in the industry. So who do you look up to as your hero that you would 
feel complete one day if you could share the screen or the stage with a certain actor? Oh my God. I would love to share the stage with Tristan from Warrior Known, actually, just as you say that. But during my college times and stuff like that, I, I kind of fell in love with the great storytellers like Richard Harris and Richard Burton and Peter O'Toole. And then obviously I fell in love with Judy Dench and Heath Ledger and Andrew Scott and these actors who were just chameleons, mm. you know, and they could just do it like that. Like it kind of changes every day, but in like, I would look anyone in the cast of Warrior None, I would love to share the page with, basically. <laughs> I'll do it. That's that's funny actually you said about Tris Tristan because I've just actually sent out an invitation because I'd love love to have him on the on the show for a chat because his character in the show is just great and his character arc is is going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So yeah. so it'd be great to have him on on the show. So what's been the biggest obstacle that you've faced? Um, you know, because we all think that it's all glamour, it's all easy, you know, we see you on screen and that's it. But what's the biggest ob- obstacle that you've faced, um, you know, in the profession so far? That's a very good question. I think avoiding the noise of the, the, the kind of uh, the toxic element of the industry, I think, and then just getting out of my own way, putting, leaving my ego at the door and like not taking rejection personally. Mm-hmm particularly like in the audition room, like you are selling a product and if they don't like it, that's okay, you know? So just staying away from the noise, just doing it for the love of it. And that's really it, I suppose. <laughs> and that's and that's got to be one of the hardest things because as 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 an actor, you, you, you bear your heart and soul, you know, mm-hmm. uh, performing on screen or on, or on stage and you're open to criticism, you know, critique. Um, mm-hmm. But as long as you love what you you do, and you obviously are doing very well for yourself, because again, you're in Netflix's highest rated scored show in history. Um, so you obviously are doing something fantastic. But what's the the best thing about your profession? You know, what's the best thing about being being an actor? Catering, all that good food, definitely. <laughs> um, oh God, what's the best thing? I think. What's that quote the German painter? He said, art is the highest form of hope. To be an artist is to be a hopeful person. I think I saw another, I was just to a uh, TED talk yesterday. This woman was talking, she was an actress talking about her mother dealing with cancer. And she said, scientists do their best to prolong life, whereas artists make life worth living. Mm. I think that's a beautiful quote. Like, it's such a, like, it's we, we make these incredible little families in, in each project we join and, you know, we, we bear our souls to each other and we drink and like read poetry and all this kind of stuff. But like, like I'm, I, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm in Madrid in a church hitting people with Bibles. You got to love that, you know, <laughs> it's so bizarre, but you got to love it, you know. But I think as well, being being an actor in in your your profession, you know, you're a storyteller. You're someone that that can, uh, you know, you know, offer an escape, you know, for a certain amount of time, and and welcome audiences into a world, 
you know, that's not their own. And sometimes, you know, that is a magical thing because, you know, the way life is at the moment and how stressful and, and you know, things could be happening at home. It's nice to escape from that, which which is great. I mean, um, you know, I'm very thankful for worrying on and quite quite a few shows because sad sad sadly I lost my dad not long ago. So for me, it's sort of losing my myself for that period of time just to get my mind off things and just to relax. And and shows like worrying on, it's been absolutely fantastic for that because it's it's just fantastic. It really really is. So let's talk about worrying on because. Again, it's just an awesome, awesome show. If you could tell all the lovely viewers and listeners whom you play and a bit about the show in your own words. So I play the character of Miguel, who is a mysterious individual who shows up um, to Ava and kind of entices her to join this cause this Samaritan cause against Adriel and his scam religion. And uh, he is a character who you will see over the course of the show has a very, very big secret. And it will be revealed. <laughs> Do you know what? When when I wanted you on the show, I thought to myself, what could we go into? Because the thing is, for people that haven't seen it, they need to watch it. And I try and, I try and encourage everyone that I see to watch it because... It's just great, you know, writing, uh, great acting. Everything's great about the show. But then your character, um, yeah, there's lots of twists and turns and it's just fantastic. Um, I, I'm just looking at my quest, quest, questions now because I'm thinking about all the twists and turns of your character. It's awesome. Um, so this show is an enormous fan following. It really, really has. So why, uh, from your point of view, do you feel that this show resonates with so many fans? Oh, my God. That's a good question. Um, besides the incredible cast and stunt crew and VFX and the like, camera crew, everyone else, I think... You're, like you, you're taking an institution like the church and you're subverting it in a way that you're centering people who were traditionally oppressed by the church, like women, people of color and gay people. And like this show has a young following, like and young people know more than any generation, the impact the church has had on their parents' generation and their grandparents' generation. So you're taking something that was traditionally like inaccessible to kids and your sh or to young people and showing them that it is accessible like traditional stories like these religious tales that have been told time and time again but you're putting characters in that we can all relate to like we can see ourselves in the young female lead in the girl of color in like the gay character like it's championing championing the oppressed in a very badass way mm. you know so i think it's yeah i think that's why mm. and and it's great to have so 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 many fans um you know campaigning which we will talk about at the end uh, for a possible season three so what attracted you to the role of miguel what what was it about the role of the uh the character that you thought i i've i've, I've got to go for this i 
there was he, he was the the manner in which he was written like they sent me three scenes to do and like they broke down the character and he said he is this mysterious character he starts off as this kind of Che Guevara-esque Samaritan like he's all for revolution and all this kind of stuff and as the story is told and his secrets are revealed he becomes a very hardened reserved young man like kind of a Kyle Reese almost mm. you know so there was such mystery to him and there was such such an arc to him and like I don't know if we can like get into spoilers yet or like you know <laughs> about yeah, listen away listen away or, or or yeah fast 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 forward you can talk about fast anything forward. you want jack because you know in all fair, fairness literally so many pe pe people have watched it and i just think the character art that you've got and and what happens in the show was very much unexpected i think the way that they wrote wrote, wrote it i wasn't expecting it so when mm. it happened i was like what I, I just thought it was awesome so i'll say it now spoilers spoilers so Miguel is Michael from the first season and that discovering that was so fantastic because I was like who is this character like where is this going and then met Simon and he was like you're Michael I was like oh my god so going through that hoop of the first kind of first act of the show like the first kind of four episodes it's him reserving 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 and then finally he says I have to I have to show my true identity and like those scenes with Tekla are so well written mm. and she's such an incredible actress that like that mother son relationship is just there's very little acting required I'll say that mm. much and know, had so. had you watched season uh one before or when you you were going for the role did you watch it and were you a bit like Mina because Mina said that she watched one episode and then it turned into two episodes. Then it told in went, went in straight into the whole season. It was the exact same because they sent on the audition and they said, if you want to be familiar with the show, season one is on Netflix. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll watch it. I'll see what it's like, get a tone for it. Turned it on and I was like, okay, I think I know the tone. I think I know where this is going, but I might just see what's happening in the next episode. And then I think I like sat down for about four hours. And I didn't get off the chair. I just watched it and I was like, this is really, really good, you know? But it's so funny because it's kind of bad. On my last, well, two auditions, so my final audition, the Zoom audition, I was watching the last episode and I had about 10 minutes left. And I was like, oh God, I have to go up, I have to go up, I have to prepare. And then did the audition, blah, 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 I was fine. And then I went downstairs, put on the last 10 minutes and then it's young Michael going through the portal. And I was like, oh my God. Key piece. <laughs> That's me. I was like, oh God. You know, but look, I got the job, so it's fine. <laughs> and did you feel, because obviously you, you must have seen the amount of backing from the fans for season one. Uh, did you feel any level of responsibility or did you did you think, oh, oh dear, I've got to do a really good job because this show has got so much of a, a fan base? I felt a huge responsibility to the fan base because of the work they did, like how much they spoke about the first season and got it, the second season up on its legs. So like there was like, you know, when you're having a rough day, you're kind of going, it's, it's two o'clock in the morning. Like I haven't eaten, I haven't slept. And like, I have to do a big scene. You kind of have to go 
do it for them. Do it for somebody who needs this show, who needs that escape you were talking about. Do it for them. Someone will always need to watch this. So, you know, get on with it. But I definitely felt we have to deliver here, you know. And, and, and you certainly did. And you get the role. What sort of preparation do you do as an actor and what preparation did you do to get into the mindset of Miguel slash Michael? Slash Michael. It was, um, I think it was like a week. I got a phone call on Monday morning. They were like, yeah, you're flying like on Sunday oh, wow. to Spain for five months. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so we went out a month before shooting, a lot of us, and we began stunt training. We began personal training sessions. So Miguel slash Michael, he was described fighting wise as sort of an Indiana Jones. He could take a punch, but he wasn't as skilled as, let's say, Beatrice or Ava. Like he just gets the crap kicked out of him, basically, but he can take a punch. So we would practice that and we practiced with the incredible stunt team. Like I can't actually say that enough. And we would do that. And then we had like readings over Zoom. But also when I arrived, like it was literally like pandemic times, like car, hotel, directly to the room for like a eight day quarantine, I think it was. And I walk in and there's episodes one to four in my hotel room. So I kind of every day I kind of read the script and Miguel kind of formed in the hotel room like when i would read the lines and i would practice how he would walk or how he would hold himself i would kind of went a bit mad for eight days and created michael you know for yeah so you went in jack you came out michael exactly. a different man a different exactly. man <laughs> and uh you know obviously the cast is quite established um and it's full of wonderful actors what was it like to join that cast i mean i, I can imagine they're quite well knitted together so yeah. you joining season two you being a bloke coming in uh to you know a bunch of wonderful women i mean what was that like i mean was it intimidating did they make you feel welcome did you have to do you know initiations um <laughs> you know what was it like i wish no it was it was incredibly daunting it was incredibly daunting you know and they were all, we were all like in hotel rooms beside each other like quarantining and i'd be kind of going is that them like are they there but we the first time i met everyone was like when we were on our way to stunt training and just immediate warm welcome like from alba christina lorena and everybody you know and then like simon was like we're going for dinner let's go you know he brought me out with like the camera department like the vfx boys like everyone it was an immediate like immersion of love and like everything so that was so important i think for the first because like you're in a different country and like you're like i don't know anyone here i don't know how this is going to go so to like to be brought in like that you kind of go okay we're going to do a good job here you know there's no ego here there's no trouble we're going to do a job so that was great Definitely. And you t and you talk about going out for dinner. Uh, is this what this picture is from? I'm not sure. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> God's sake, Brian, you're killing me here. <laughs> is that, that part of the initiation? I mean, um, in, I presume... In a manner of speaking, it was. That was, I think Christina took that picture. We were, 
think we were just out of just out of isolation or something like that. And we were on the hotel roof. It was like 40 degrees and we were just so happy to see one another. We were like, let's get some beer, get some food, like get some board games. And I definitely made a fool of myself, <laughs> as you can see. Well, you've got to, haven't you? If you're all together, you've got to have a laugh during the pandemic times. And it certainly yeah. looked like you had a laugh. There's a, a lovely photo here as well. Um, this is <laughs> obviously the cover of you, your new album. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's screaming 80s vibes. Um, mm. You know, it's 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 a fantastic picture. But it just shows, you know, how much fun you you obviously had, you know, off screen as well, which is great, great to see. And you talked about stunts. You talked about your fight scenes. And it is, it's great to see your character fight the way he does on screen because you always see these hero, you know, being fantastic. But it was lovely. I mean, I think it's scenes with Tristan, um, where you fight, you fight, fighting with him, and you're doing quite well, but you are getting beaten up a bit. But you keep coming back. I mean, what point do you step back and let your stunt double take over, or did you try and do as much as you could on screen? I tried to do literally everything. I was like a boy at summer camp, you know. Like, there's the scene where I have that fight with Vincent on the staircase, where he throws me down. And I land on the neck and he rolls down. That unfortunately was my stunt over, but I was like, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, and they were like, no. So it was, I wanted to do as much as possible, but then like Netflix and insurance were like, I don't think so. I don't think mm. so. So, but it was great to have Mirko, my stunt double there. Like he would actually say to the directors, he'd say, no, Jack will do it. Like he's capable of doing it. Or he'll say, no, Jack can't do this because of health and safety. So, it was great to have that relationship that that we could all like ego aside, just be like, no, I actually I'm capable of doing it or I'm not, you know, so that was wonderful. Mm, I've got to give a massive shout out to the stunt stunt pe people because I've always had a fast, fast fascination with 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 the stunt community because they're like the hun sung heroes. You know what I mean? There's no Oscars for stuntmen and they should be. Uh, there should yeah. be recognition. I know they've got the tourist awards uh, for the stunt community. Um, and in this show, the stunts are just incredible. The fight yeah. scenes are incredible. It's just off the charts. It really, really is. So what's been your favorite thing about playing Miguel and Michael? The leather jacket, maybe. That was a winner. I really enjoyed that one. I think <laughs> it was so refreshing to see a male on camera who wasn't just shoved in as a love interest, wasn't kind of, you know, put in to like disrupt Avatris, you know, that he had a he had a voice and he had a genuine platonic relationship with Ava and like there was no weirdness about it. And like he was a very like he's a very sensitive young man. Like like in the second season when we see him, like he was the last time we saw him was he was a young boy, you know, mm. and he lost his mother for 14 years. So like there is that sensitivity to him. And like that was really nice to tap into, like as opposed to like the macho kind of no emotion cowboy <laughs> thing. Like he was he was a man. Mm. Take him for all in all, you know. And what I like so, yeah. about the show is that there's no small character. 
you know, everyone is on equal pegging. And that's just, you know, a massive nod to the writers. Um, and it's just great because the ensemble of, uh, of, of, of cast is just, you know, everyone's got their own stories. And Olivia's sto- story, we explore more as well this se- season, which, which is great. So it's something for everyone. Uh, and I'm sure it was such a laugh on, on set. Did anything go wrong? Did anything, are we going to expect any bloopers uh, from season two? Oh, 100%. 100%. And it's going to be me because that was technically my first speaking role on camera. I did a small gig before, but that was like my first thing. So I was very much adapting to the way things were working. So I'd be in the middle of a scene and I like coming from the theater background, like you got to finish it, like you got to get through the whole page. And I'd, I'd lose a line and I'd start cursing and blinding and I'd go, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'll do it again, I'll do it again, I'm sorry. Yeah, and they're like, just, just do it again, just like stop and do it again. And I'm going, oh, you can do that? You know? So it's going to be me doing that. Me and Christina and Alba probably just punching punching me, um, <laughs> just <laughs> laughing. I think they actually had to take out a scene. I think it's a scene where we're going, we're getting ready to go to Adriel's realm or uh, the convention thing and I walk over and we're all it's very serious and we're all preparing the guns and I go over to Christina and I stick my finger in her ear because I didn't see the camera and somebody came up and was like we can't use that now like you stick your finger in her ear and I was like sorry <laughs> sorry but um I remembered this scene where I have like that Batman moment where I throw Vincent on the stairs and he flips back they had this massive camera with this incredible lens and he just completely broke the camera <sighs> and when he flipped back the tip of his shoe just knocked the fret the lens off and everyone was like oh my god and they're not cheap they're not cheap no. lenses no I was, like, I was like here's my resignation i apologize to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> i just just like i can't express it feels like a dream like it was just five months of constant love and laughter and oh like it, it and you said it earlier like this this show to, like from the head actor to the head writer to the the people who you know in the catering truck everybody had a part to play mm. everybody made the show what it was but i i'm gonna do it again i would be rem- remiss if i did not say the stunt team i felt so safe as an actor in my performance in my energy and everything when those guys were around it was it was like it's like having a safety net mm-hmm. constant. It was wonderful. And I've got to say, your accent in it is awesome. No one would have known that you're you're Irish. So, Do you think so? yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, you know how 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 easy is to how easy is it to get rid of your accent? You know, in, when when you're working on a show like this, it was it was a funny thing because. When the audition came through, it said light RP accent. So I was like, what is a light RP accent? So I did that Michael voice in the audition. They obviously liked it. And then I did it again with Simon and the Zoom call. And I was like, do you, want me, do you want me to do that? Or do you want me to like imitate Michael from the first season or maybe imitate Tekla? And they were like, no. They were like, do what you do what you did. So I kind of did like a soft London accent in and around 
you know, because it was like, you'd believe that like being on the other side, obviously all the angels speak RP and all this kind of stuff <laughs> that he would pick up something, you know, but I think I've a little bit of an ear for it, you know, mm. accents in general. I have to do it. I'm doing a film at the moment now and I have to do a Donegal accent and uh, it's a bit difficult. Is it? <laughs> but I'll get there. No, it's grand. Like it's like, it's because it's so close to home. Like I spent my summers up in Derry, which is right beside Donegal. So the accent is very specific, you know, and if I don't get it right, they'll never forgive me. You do know? you know what? If, if only Raya was, I know Irish, you could have got away with coming back with an Irish accent. Can you imagine? She should be. There God we is go. Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thing is, is, is Raya good? I think I think we don't know. It's it's one of those things. She looks good, you know. She mm. looks, you know, angelic and but you never know, you know. It could be a wolf wolf in sleep um, uh, sheep's clothing. Um so um what's been your favorite moment out of the whole season um that will always stick with you? Oh, well. Um God, so many. I think the first thing that comes to mind is the church fight. Like that was just so ambitious. And like the one take and the Texas switches and everything like that. That was a lot of fun. Like and like that they were that was like a three week shoot of just night shoots leading up to the church fight, the church fight and afterwards. So it was like we were all in the trenches together for that shoot, you know, wow. and I had a lot of time there, like, but like the scenes with Tristan, like even that fight scene, I learned so much from him as an actor. The scenes with Tekla, like, and then obviously, you know, my buddies, Ava and Beatrice, like those scenes in the car, you know, where we just couldn't take it seriously because we were just laughing so much, you know. Oh my God, like, I don't think I had one bad day on this shoot. I really do mean that, you know. Yeah, I just and have so, such fond love for everyone in that show. <laughs> and did um, you keep anything from the show? Did you manage to liberate any sort of mementos of any sorts? I might get in trouble here. Um, yes and no. I mean, they were told, they were like, no, don't touch anything because season three is coming. Is it? Is it? Oh, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Like the fans now are screaming at the screen going, Jack's just said season three is coming. Do you know what? It is is a no-brainer. You know, if if we don't get a season three, literally everyone high up in Netflix should resign and move (laughs) to Crackle or another streaming site. I don't know. It was, yeah, like... Basically, they said that at the end of the season two, they were like, don't touch anything just in case we get renewed and blah, blah, blah. So I took like a little necklace. That was about it. Just as a little momentum. But uh, no, they were like very much so like, let's keep going. Let's fight for the season three. You know, like the fans, I like I can't thank them enough for everything they're doing. Like, and it's amazing. Like they're obviously doing it for a reason. Like representation matters. Mm. in this business in this world and where we are showing that in this show that it's normal that it it's the norm like this is what it is 
Mm. We don't have to force any love stories. These are this is two people who genuinely love each other and it's flourishing. And it's amazing to see that. It's amazing to see a female led show taking on the church to see women of color and all this kind of stuff in the forefront is fantastic, you know, and I'm in the background, like, I'll just take the stairs. Like, it's cool. <laughs> you know, I'm just happy to be there. And <laughs> and it is all nat- nat- natural, as you said. Nothing's pushed on screen. Because I know the first season, uh, it got crit- criticised for, I think the term is gay baiting. Um, you know, yeah. and I think it's ridiculous because it's a beautiful story. And the way it's done is fantastic. And I can't wait till my girls are old enough to watch shows like Warrior Nun. Because... You know, I want them to grow up seeing these sort of characters in such a beautiful way that it'll inspire them, you know, and we need more of that. We really do. We really It's do. like the numbers don't lie. Hmm? Do you know what I mean? We're, we're breaking records because of the girls and the incredible stuff they are producing and the writing and all this stuff. These people are out there like these wonderful fans. They're so funny. Like I've seen some of the some of the girls send me the stuff on Twitter, like what they're saying about us. And it is the funniest stuff ever, you know, <laughs> but the numbers don't lie. And it's, I just, I, I think it's so inspiring. I'm so inspired by the fans and by my castmates, you know, constantly. You and know, and if, if they asked you, because anything could happen in Warrior Nun, if they asked you to come back for season three, what would your answer be? 100%. 100%. For the Great War. <laughs> yes, it's coming. It is. It is. And it left us on such a cliffhanger. And I hate it when shows leave you on a, a cliff, a cliffhanger with the uncertainty yeah. of knowing the story. But I am sure it will. Um, one of my last questions that I ask all my guests is, if your life was a movie, Jack, what title would it have? Oh, my God. <laughs> If my life was a movie, what would the title be? <sighs> Slippery Slope. No. <laughs> I think it would be something like, I don't know, Jack in the Box, something very benign. <laughs> no, that's good. That's, or, yeah, that, that is good. Um, I've had some unusual ones. I really have. But Jack, you've been a great guest. It's been an honour for you to come on this show um, and, you know, let's wish for season three. Thank you so much for your part in season two. Um, you know, it's been great to escape and it's just been absolutely wonderful for the fans uh, to have a wonderful show at last on our screen. So thank you, Jack. Keep safe well, and stay super, much. my friend. <laughs> See you soon. Welcome back to Be More Super, the podcast, where we explore the world of entertainment with celebrity interviews from your favorite movies and TV shows. So grab your popcorn and let's get to know these stars better and what really makes them super. We are brought to you by PropStore.com, where you can find your very own piece of entertainment memorabilia from screen-use props to costumes. Now, here's your host, Brian Garner.